Dan's Drive-In Double Feature presents The Last Slumber Party Minute, a minute-by-minute podcast covering Steven Tyler's The Last Slumber Party, copyright 1988. Your host, Daniel R. Budnick. You can call him Dan. Now, listen to this. Episode 31. Minute 31. I'm Dan, everyone, and yes, Tommy has been killed. Apparently, just a quick slash to the throat. Chris has come out of the shower to um, spend some special time with him. I put special in quotes. Uh, But he's vanished. Where is he? Where's Tommy? Chris is going to try to find out. And what'd you do with the bedspread? You're going to sleep in your car? Okay, you little troll. Come on out from under the bed. Okay, queer bait, isn't it time you came out of the closet? Well, happy trails, partner. You don't expect to be welcome back here. Two things here. One, yes, Tommy is dead. Um, uh, oh, Tommy, poor Tommy. Mama's hugging in the closet. I'm feeling so bad. Uh, yeah, the killer hung him in the closet, wrapped the bedspread around him, and hung him in some way where Tommy's hanging down. And his hair is more beautiful than ever when it fans out around his head as he's hanging there upside down with the bloody bread, bloody bedspread, bread spread. Mm-hmm. That's yummy. And then we even get the kitten, you know, like leaps out of the closet. It's weird, because uh, she sticks her head in the closet. And yet there's a there's like a cat and her dead boyfriend in the closet. It doesn't look to be a particularly large closet. So I'm wondering why she didn't um, see anything going on here. In fact, give me one moment, folks. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the shot again, and... I don't understand exactly where Tommy is supposed to be where he's rigged like that. And shouldn't he be rigged so that when she opens the door, his body drops down rather than the cat leaping out doing that? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Unless he really sort of just like shoved it on a top shelf, his, uh, Tommy's body up on a top shelf. But the way he drops is very much like, look at me, someone hung me here and I'm dead. I'm wondering, I mean, very specifically, Chris doesn't look up. I don't think she'd imagine that Tommy was hiding up top in the closet. But when you see sort of over her shoulder into the closet, you wonder where Tommy is exactly. I mean, I mean, if he's he's covered with blood, so presumably that's dripping somewhere or, you know, I don't know, again... Uh, much like, you know, the the Steve, blonde Steve in, in Blood Lake, you know, with one arm tied to the tree and then the other one holding onto a branch of the tree because they didn't presumably have, you know, the, the rope or whatever for both arms. This is something where it's like, that doesn't make sense. That he'd hide the body in the closet and, and it, I mean, it clearly looks like it's rigged. I mean, because when she throws open the door, nothing happens. But when a kitten leaps out of the closet suddenly that activates the body dropping out so 
I mean, maybe Chris sort of with throwing open the door, the body kind of joggled around a little, and then the cat was the. But I don't, I don't, I. You know, it's not something you're meant to sit and ponder on for this long, almost three minutes. But yeah, the 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 body in the closet is fine. Doesn't make much sense, and when it drops, there's a there's a very obvious looking like drop in picture quality you can see it kind of like goes to grade down like darker which is a little odd but yeah so chris is i guess chris is the least observant person in the world if she looked in there and didn't see her her and he's a big tommy's a big guy this is and this isn't a big closet you know uh, well i guess we could harp on that for the whole uh episode here but we will not the second thing we learned is that chris did have shorts on i didn't see her put the shorts on i thought she came out just in the t-shirt but she does have shorts on so that's interesting for you. Yeah, so she goes in the closet, and uh, she looks under the bed, she looks in the closet, and there's nothing under the bed. Nothing at all under the bed. You know, I always seem to accumulate stuff under beds when I was a kid, but she has nothing under her bed. Um, and then and then Chris goes and looks out the window down the ladder. That's when she does her, um, uh, happy trails, partner. Don't expect to be welcome back here, which I kind of like. I did it poorly, but I like that that's like a southern gal doing a southern accent rather than just saying it. You know, it'd be like whatever my accent it is, me trying to affect it, you know, and and so it always sounds a little strange to me. And, of course, she bumps her head when she goes back into the... um, the window and that that shot from outside the the window looking at Chris from from the outdoors looks very filmic because I see some scratches and then it could be hairs on the frame and I, I I do also love Chris's just level of annoyance she's almost constantly annoyed with everything that's going on you know it's um just like you're bored with the people now I never said that no you don't have to set final exam maybe she's just bored with these people you know it's like I just spent the whole year with them in school and now we're all together here i'm so bored with them i'm so bored with these two gals downstairs maybe not tracy i'm so bored with tommy and his antics i mean doesn't make sense i i i like also that there there is no blood on the bed it all soaked into the bedspread that's not only smart killing but efficient killing and that's what i like in my slashers um, but this is this is yeah this is utterly goofball that that she was taking a shower and and he even had the time to creep in on her and look at her when did he what did, how did he, he so he wrapped the body in the bedspread through this they do say he's super strong or if he's very strong in the beginning but it just seems it just seems uh, strange to me almost like um it would have been better if he had just thrown the body uh, no maybe not thrown it out the window because that's the front of the house but um maybe taking the i mean i mean it's a huge house taking just taking the body into another room taking the body in another room and left it there you know, but but yeah, it just seems it seems a bit much. Um, uh, well, of course, yeah. This this begins in earnest the volley of the um, the uh, the homophobic Chris talk. Um, uh, whether or not she she's her the Chris character is well, she is kind of um, mean. Uh, whether she or she, I I don't know. She 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 talks she talks like this a lot, and folks are going to talk like I, they have talked like this before in the movie. Um, uh, sign of the times, not a good sign of the times, not 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 pleasant at all. But I will say this: it's um, I, I I now now I have I don't have the right to speak on this, but to me this looks more sort of laughable. Just the way they're okay, queer bait. What? Where'd that come from? And it's like what? It just don't you think it's time you came out of the closet, you little troll? Uh, it's just. It, 
well, not troll, um, but uh, just just to me, it seems it just seems like foolish teen girls um, saying stuff that someone should take them aside and say, don't don't do that. But it's 1988 or 1984 or 1982, and no one's probably going to do that with them. Uh, but I um I think it's more like what and laughable than it is. This is shocking. This is well, maybe part of it is shocking that they just keep doing it. But um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't fault the movie for this. I think he was probably writing what he heard teens saying, as as gross as that was. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to hear from someone, um, you know, just uh, um, who who uh, can maybe give a little more of their thoughts. On this, someone. I'm a straight white guy. I got nothing. I got nothing to um, say. I got. I. I have nothing. To, no, I do have something to say. Uh, it, things didn't get this tricky for a night of horror. I do have stuff to say, but it's from a straight white guy point of view. So what? What does that do if someone's saying something harmful about you that doesn't affect me? Um, my my opinions aren't uh, can be listened to, but they're not really valid per se. You know, like if you know, like when when you watch all like the Animal House ripoffs and things, and and all the uh, big dumb dumb guys are all Polish. Nah. You know, it's I don't I don't find it offensive. I find it I I I particularly like the frac the fract. That was me saying I was going to say the fact that King Frat and it suddenly became the fract. The fact that King Frat, the the big guy in that um, whose name I'm forgetting right now, um, John DeSanti, I believe is the is the actor, and I think he's pretty Italian, but he plays this big dumb gross Polish guy. And you know, when I was young, I um, I grew up with a lot of Italians who liked to make fun of me for being a Polak. And, um, so I, I, um, I mean, I can judge on that end if they were making Polish jokes, but I don't think anyone makes a Polish joke in this movie. So forgive me. I, I don't feel qualified to say apart from, to say anything apart from, I just think it's so foolish in this movie and so random and out of nowhere that it's, it's laughable. So, uh, my apologies. If I'm wrong about that, please, please, um, please, um, why don't you write me? And the last thing with this minute is the uh, we really get a good look, uh, and not all of it, but Linda's uh, wall, the f- far wall that we hadn't been seeing, not the one the bathroom door is in. And th- this should have been the giveaway. This should have been the giveaway that this wasn't 1988. Oh, oh by, by the way, Bound in the UK, still playing. The song is long, but it's not that long. Um, what, what should have given away the fact that this was um, not 1988, apart from the, the hair, because um, the gal's hair obviously is not nearly large enough for 1988, are the posters. Linda has a poster for... Linda has First Strike constantly playing in this house, but she has a poster for the Beatles, the Disco Bee Gees, and Bobby Ewing f- from Dallas. Now, I can assure you, by 88, I'm sure there were folks who loved um, uh, Bobby and such. On Dallas, I watched the 1988, 89, 87. I watched the whole of Dallas, uh, the original run from beginning to end. So I've seen the 87, 88, 88, 89 seasons. But the thing is, by that time, Bobby didn't have that big, huge, like, bowl cut or whatever the heck it was. And I don't think Bobby was as much on everyone's mind, a teen gal's minds, as he may have been in the end of the 70s, early 80s. So that's, again, another sign that this is probably the first half of the 80s, because that's when, um, after 85 is when Dallas started to drop in the ratings. Slow at first, but then faster. By the time you hit 88, um, they had gone from top 10. I don't even know if they were top 20 anymore. So that so the kind of the sheen, the shine and the sheen was off 
of that. But um, but definitely in the first half of the 80s, circa 82, 83, something like that, yeah, Bobby definitely. And definitely, like, if you're listening to First Strike, you don't, I mean, if, if these kids are rockers, if Chris and Linda and Tracy are rockers and the guys, no, no, no. Disco Bee Gees, no, 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 no. That would come down immediately. Beatles can stay. Disco Bee Gees would have to come down. There's no way by 88 people who are listening to First Strike all the time are doing Disco Bee Gees. Sorry. They might be listening to this music, though. 